0: So and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This is episode 96, 97, somewhere like approaching 100. Might get there before the end of the year, might be the first one of 2021, who knows. Um, this week me and Mark caught up, um, it was good to catch up. We spoke about COVID-19 vaccine that's been approved, some of the scepticism. We spoke about Brexit. We spoke a wee bit about Celtic and what the fuck is going on at the club and advocating for fan ownership we also had a catch-up about some of the snp NEC election results and what that meant and sort of asking where are we with gra and then we spoke about our usual sort of recommendations and actually like come up with quite a good list of stuff that people could watch if you are bored thanks for anybody that's listening to the podcast and we're seeing like good growth especially in america we'll get the spotify statistics through for the end of the year and we have seen some great numbers. So thank you very much. Please like, leave us a review on Apple Podcast and enjoy the show. So we'll just start here, mate. How's how's life? Has it been two weeks since we last spoke?
1: Um I probably something about but well, I mean we've always been speaking on text now, but I like this, definitely. Um it's cool, I'm just settling and getting back to work. Um it's I know being I think you put a lot of pressure on getting back to work whilst I was after that has actually led to a bit of frustration that things don't move a bit, you know, quicker. No, I don't have anticipated quite how much has changed in the time that I was after compared to, you know, where we are now. So uh, it's been been quite a bumpy start, shall we say, getting back out into the world. um, Triggered a wee bit of anxiety in recent days and stuff like that, but managing it as we always do, you know what I
0: mean? Right. No, I can't imagine. I mean, fucking what? Are you talking like March, October, November, December. You're talking like nine months. Like nine months is a long time in a workplace, man. A long fucking time. Um, but I I can't imagine. Thankfully, I mean, I think thankfully I don't need to go back to work if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Obviously, like recently becoming a freelancer. But also, what I noticed was during tier tier four meant nothing for me because I'm like I still need to make money here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I've not been self-employed enough, long enough for me to be getting any kind of benefits. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, recently I, I applied for Universal Credit and I was going through similar anxiety bouts. I've so gone, I shouldn't be claiming this and I shouldn't be doing that. And then I think about, well, for the last nine years of my life, I've been making at least over 40K a year and I've been paying so much money towards yeah. the tax coffers that it's like well you're going through a fucking global pandemic and try to transition to being self-employed take whatever you can fucking get um, absolutely and I got a phone call for the job centre and she pretty much said the exact same thing to me because I just said hey, look I'm you know like just to explain the situation she was like fucking take what you can get mate so Aye. hopefully the uh, DWP don't hear that <laughs> and no, somebody in mean, job centre gets their doors kicked but no, no. I mean,
1: we've we've talked about this with other guests in the past as well. Is that these are the they're pitched his in the media's entitlement so that we feel bad about taking them, but these are, you know, contributions that we've made over an entire lifetime of working. So now you should absolutely seek out whatever, you know, additional supports there when and when it's needed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what it's Good That's news exactly is, what it's there for.
0: Absolutely. Good news is the last week I went and had a meeting about higher mind practice. Um and that that might sound fucking massive. It's only mm. ten hours a week. Um, I'll have a room at Charing Cross in the city centre. Come yeah. mid January, late early February, um, which I'm buzzing about to be honest, mate. Um, I've had a, a friend who's basically a client, and she rents a flat in the West End that she turned into like a sort of personal gym. She mm-hmm. rents at of, like, a She rents at of One of her pals. And the place isn't in Great Nick, but two of the rooms are in Decent Nick, and she's been letting me use the spell room now to like, get people right. in and out recently until the tier system changed. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm like, they kind of want a business address. Yeah. Um, so I went and seen a wee place during the week there. And um, I am January, come Jan- middle of January, or they were saying maybe late February because they're getting some renovation work done. Yeah. It's basically like six wee rooms and. But used it's to be the a already,
1: already, They already specialise in that type of stuff. I think I know the place that you're talking about. Well. I've obviously looked them up in, you know, my own research and stuff like that.
0: Um so that's I, I am look forward to that. That's brilliant, mate. I'm
1: glad to hear that. I know you were it was part of what you were talking about, you know, as the redundancy came in and stuff like that. So it's good to see it moving.
0: Aye. I I mean the the, the big the big thing about the universal credit is that a lot of our redundancy is gone. Um, on just try to live. But as that's sort of just before lockdown, just before tier four, my, re- my dipping into my redundancy was coming down as the money that I made went up. Mm-hmm. So I've got a wee bit of cushion left there, but if I hadn't applied for universal credit, it would have been gone come the 1st of January and then I'd have been going into the new year, probably applying to become the store manager of the Sky Store that's about to open in Buchanan Street. Um, um, and be Cannon Street. Actually, what happened with the practice was I walked by the Sky Store and I instantly went onto the website, see if there's a job up and looking at the jobs. And then I was like to myself, I don't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to being a, a retail manager. I know that I was looking at it, it, was like Sky are just opening places. It's exciting. They'll probably open more places. I'll probably have a chance at regional and all that. And then I was just like, just remember your happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Aye. So then I decided to have a wee Google and then just go, no, do you know what? I'm going to double down because it's been really successful so far. It's mm-hmm. just that, Obviously, with like Corona, I've not been able to scale things quite as much as what I would have liked. Yeah, but before tier four kicked in, I was making enough money to survive, so I'm really happy with that. I think I spoke about that last time we had a conversation, but ah,
2: yeah, I, definitely I'm, just,
0: I'm just going to double down and just go, fuck it, man, just rent a place and just see what happens, man.
1: This is it. if you're taking steps towards your own happiness, then you know, what I mean, there's going to be moments where circumstance, you know. Asks you to cause quite or causes you to ask questions about it and stuff like that. But I mean, if it's been working for you up until the questions were asked, why no? Double down and why no? Stick weight and see you through. You know what I mean? That's it, mate. Just self doubt. You know what I mean? (laughs) Big time. I really need to talk to me about that this week. (laughs) Um,
0: But Um, I, man, that's that's my wee update on my last couple of weeks, other than. Just the texts that go backwards and forwards. Obviously, we don't go. You go. Don't go too deep on text messages. It's been mainly for sort of subject of. I've got in my list as I know that we don't want to be a football podcast. But honestly, like a lot <laughs> of the thing of, we've been
1: texting back and forth for the last fortnight has been fox uh-huh. <laughs> And a lot
0: of the source of my unhappiness in the last couple of weeks has been Neil Lennon. So. Um, I'm going to use a, a bit of an opportunity just to have an event and have Mary an in-depth conversation that isn't pure how is he in a fucking stalling a joke right now <laughs> I, like what the fuck mate <laughs> it's, every Celtic game that text message gets sent like what the fuck is going on Um, um did you see this being a rough for the
1: boards? I did I did aye, it's, mm-hmm. I, I mean in, in my view look, there is never I, I can't think another football manager not even just with Celtic but like anywhere who was in mere obvious need of getting binned. Like, I mean, and that's maybe a bit harsh. I love the guy. He's got a great track record with his, But he's now moving into territory by digging his heels in. He's, he is starting to sully that sort of affection. Um, but Certainly in some sections of the support. Like the board, I mean, they should have acted at the international break. And they should have just taken that two weeks to reset and try and start to build a bit of momentum, knowing that there was no expectation on things with like the Europa League games and stuff like that. Um, but they've blown the opportunity to deal that now and they are left with the other option but to double down because they've dug their heels in because they didn't want SPC to be given into protest and then a week later there's more protest so I mean they can't, you know, the week after turn and go, do you know what guys, is are right Aye, well, uh, well, they, could, they could, but they won't uh-huh. you know what I mean?
0: Like, that's what I was going to say, they could do that I would, I would just think, like, where's the line? Like, where's the line where it becomes no, a decision that's been made because of a protest and a decision that's been made because you've got somebody that's actually failing. If you look at it, like performance, management-wise, any other job in the world, you would have fucking parked. You would have been sacked. <laughs> and I think that in the modern game, people don't leave their jobs. That's why people no. will get this whole 12-month rolling contract trend that's happening because yeah. people don't leave. When I think back about, like, historically, who are the guys that have in that position, this position, same as Neil Lennon, I can only really think of guys like Jock Steen, to make Neil get sacked, these guys are probably uh, real twice. Sin, like kind of the same sort of person as, as Lennon in the same the sense that they're, they're real Celtic men. So I can kind of understand with Neil Lennon's. I'm a Celtic man and I'm confident in my inability. So I'm n- I'm never gonna walk away. Um and and if you add in the modern football thing where everybody's just waiting for their payout anyway, I mean what's getting a couple of mil a year why anybody Aye. in their right mind but the negligence for me totally comes for the board level where Definitely. they should be putting them out of his fucking misery here
1: And they've made themselves a target now as well when you see people putting stack the board banners up I mean heaven knows what the state of the stadium would be had fans been allowed in it I mean I don't know if we'd have been allowed to get this far had fans been actually screaming at his staff for the last six weeks in the stadium. But here we are. You know what I mean? I think Dublin doing... I think, you know, looking back on comments, like we gave them the job in the dressing room showers at the Scottish Cup final and stuff like that. We had, you know, a draw full of applications we didn't even look at. All that type of chat just looks, like, negligent now. You know what I mean? um, If you're talking about it, feel like their responsibilities as members of the board. But... You know, the controlling stakes and the voting patterns that are in place gave them a bit of cover, you know what I mean?
0: Uh Uh-huh. I mean, mate, honestly, I just I don't know how long much longer this can go on. I think that we're in real danger of losing this cup final. And I don't care if Mm. people like his hearts and they're a championship team. Like it's been so many years. I think possibly Tony Mulberry, which was what twenty ten? Since I've actually went into a, a game thinking we're like we're no gonna win this, just sort Hibs of like smell of blood in the water, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So um, like, but well, you're sitting watching, I was watching the Hibs coverage, um, and the, the Hibs TV commentary guys were doing it because it was their pay per view thing, and like it was quite weird to hear like Hibs TV guys being like pure. These guys are shaky. This is the day we can get after them, like talking We have a lot of like, confidence in their ability to actually get a result. And that's not to say there's no other been times where they were confident of getting results against us. It's just that you're looking at the Saint John'son team at the weekend. They're starting with three up front, but teams smell blood in the water, and they're going to come after us. And is there a bigger scalp this year than Celtic? And they're all queuing up to be the ones that are the ones that stop the ten. You know, whoever it happens to be. Like, there's so much incentive. It was all that already that. Us also being shot at that time doesn't mm. help anybody, and we've been rank rotten, you know what I mean? Like, it's been copy and paste. I feel like I've watched the same game like nine times in a row, you know what I yep. you know mean?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think personally that when a, when a manager starts, this starts in a football team, there is only one way, really. And like, history is show you what you need today, and it's you need to change things. I mean, I can't believe that he's went back to three, five. It's like, we're going running run like a wee merry go round. Like Aye, this just... won't. If the three-five-two doesn't work this weekend, we're gonna go back to four-three-three, and then if that doesn't work after a couple of weeks, he's gonna move it back to three-five-two. I just I don't know what's going on, man. Genuinely, Aye, I don't other think than he does
1: either.
0: I think that that's the problem. Now there's been tons of talk about like when a guy doesn't get to bring in his own backroom staff, and guys like Kennedy and Stratton mm. and Duff have been boardroom choices. I think there was chat that Duff was Kennedy's choice because him and Kennedy did the pro badges together. And Quite possibly. So, in that sort of regard, I think genuinely like the mismanagement of this football team is hanging a legend out to dry.
1: Aye. I mean, that is kind of what they're doing. They've, they've tried to stick by him. They've went the wrong way about it. They've made him a scapegoat. And now, you know, they're going to have to hide behind him. I mean, their, their fates are now... Like indelibly tied to each other. Like I was saying last night on Twitter that when you go bunker mentality with your in support as the board and management and you know if we to believe what we're being told, the players are all they're all you know one on this, even though obviously it doesn't look like it. Mm. You go bunker mentality with your fans. It's all or nothing. Like you need to come back with the, the trophies that we require, or else everybody needs to go because you've doubled and tripled in on this guy when everybody could see that it was, it was over. You know what I mean? So if things go the way the majority think it's going to go this season, then every single last one of them should be done. Well, if we bored all the way down, you know what I mean? Aye. You can't dig in the way they've dug in and survive it if, it's, if it doesn't bring the results that they tell us it's going to bring.
0: Mm-hmm. Aye, man. I just don't... I'm, I've resigned myself to the league's done. I don't think that we've got... And, this weekend,
1: I was probably the same.
0: Aye, I think like... I was saying to um, somebody who was talking to them about it, it was like, well, obviously you're not going to gee up or hope. You're going to think, look, well, if we have a couple of good... I don't see it happening, but if we have a, a performance, like a decent performance, they drop some points somewhere and we're like, right, we could get ourselves mm. back into it at the end of the day. Uh, as, but I just don't see it happening, man. And like you're saying, even that game at the weekend, every week it's the same post-match interview. I need a good performance. I'm hoping to I, get it. What are you doing to try and get it? There's just nothing has
1: changed. Just playing a like, bit with players' lounges. Well, it's a uh, we've, we've done the feng shui, you know, at the training ground, and really, we've, we've, I it was like it was. Like, uh, <clears throat> a lot of these players don't know each other yet. Covid has meant with social distancing and blah blah blah. So we're trying to put together a space for them in the training ground where they can socialise and social distance. And you're like, hold on we've got four players we signed this summer that are, everybody else has been there at least a year. How do they know know each other? You know what I mean? Like, so, there were sports psychologists. As I say, there's been a hundred different formations. There's been a hundred different lineups. I mean, one thing I'll give Lenny credit for is that he has clearly tried absolutely everything that he can think to try to turn it around. <laughs> like, there is no doubt whatsoever that he has no-tried every single batshit idea that has crossed him or his coaches minds. But <laughs> None of them have worked. You know what I mean? Like, so at which point do you go, right, man? Let's just let's just call this. You know what I mean? Aye, no. yeah,
0: absolutely. I think the com- people making comparison about the first spell and look like some of the guys that are still still backing him. Look at his record in the first spell. It, it it's what like almost try to compare apples and oranges. Man, he had like a Aye. five five man backroom staff, of people that he brought in, and now it's just him. And it's like if you've ever seen the damn United or know anything about Brian Clough it's it's like a sort of cocktail of what works and you'll mm-hmm. know that yourself for a workplace, you couldn't build a team and a workplace that worked really really well and then take the guy that just so happens to be the figurehead and put him into another place and expect him to do the same job because aye. If, aye, if any team's worth its salt, everybody's got its part to play so I'm just, I'm scunnered, mate. I'm absolutely fucking scunnered.
1: Like, I think resigned is the word. When you said you're resigned, that's kind of where I've been the last few weeks where I've came to this almost like nihilistic acceptance where I'm just, I'm like watching the games on a Sunday and a Thursday just as an actor, pure self-harm song or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> aye, man. Like Again, if we go back to what we were saying earlier on, mate, absolute negligence at this football club. And I think that's probably been one of the reasons why Brendan Rodgers has just fucked off.
1: Um, well I mean Lenny pretty much cited that as the reason he left the first time you know what I mean like, so mm-hmm. not a lot's changed in 10 years you know what I mean like, it's just that we've been just above <laughs> the rest to the extent required you know what I mean Like I think that's a wee bit less true in the last sort of 3 or 4 years where we have cruised but I mean all things come to an end there's a natural feel to you know having maybe achieved the 10 and then starting to see the team and the coaching staff in the boardroom break up and you know fresh blood to come in but Looks as though we're being forced to consider it maybe like six months earlier than, than we probably would have in the first place. You know what it's I mean?
0: A Positive <laughs> Celtic trust thing. Aye. Fans mobilising, talking, <laughs> trying to take ownership of the club back. Like, I'm, I am all up for that. And as much Definitely. as we have parked our season tickets and you in the last couple of years, me in the last sort of four or five years, um, due to like sort of different things. Mm-hmm. I would be well up for but for even low-level investment and some sort of trust. Aye, um, definitely.
1: Because like I think it's about time. Models that go out around Europe as well. This is all stuff we need to be looking at as we go forward. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I don't see any positives in there, but, you know, I'm fairly glum most of the time I'm, anyway, so <laughs> it's probably not <laughs> that much of a surprise.
0: <laughs> I'm doing my best Alan Stubbs impersonation <coughs> Try to
1: fucking no, polish a third deal. It's like, no... You, did a terrible Stubbs impersonation because I understood every word that you said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Alan Stubbs, man. Aye. Anyway, well, we did, move on for fucking aye. depression at Celtic, man.
1: I think something that's no depression was was seeing some of the the the, the first vaccines getting administered today. Um, the mm. England and Scotland had their first COVID vaccinations, and uh, I got a wee chuckle at the forties to be honest with you because they were clearly just you know, Anne Anderson. Who was at the top of the the register? Who was sat in the beach chair and got a jab after us? But the, the tweets and like the kind of coverage that came alongside that was talking about them like this is Anne, you know, the first in British history to be as if she were like a national hero, and it's just like some wee wifey who has went to the GP or the hospital that So uh-huh. you know <laughs> what she sees is basically a flow jab. So uh, some of the it's nice to see it, but I think. Maybe some of the coverage was tiny wee bit OTT, Aye. but at the same time, I think twenty twenty is left. Is that desperate for a one that can't really complain too much about it? But Aye. I, I did find it quite funny. I'm I'm going to
0: end up seeing Anna in a fucking Tory campaign, or a <laughs> her and Matt Hancock, <laughs> Matt Hancock put being on a coin, uh, <laughs> a commemorative <laughs> coin. This commemorative <laughs> coin. I it, it was feeling a bit sort of like, and even when it was announced, and there was a lot of sort of. MPs and government officials not that coming out going, this is it, like, we've beat it. Mm-hmm. And I was almost like, we need to calm down a bit here. Like, we've, what? I mean, I'm going to go and take it, first opportunity, oh, wow. right? Because um, I, I want I want it to work and I, I hope it does. So, uh, but that whole, like, this is it, we've done it. And the first ones are getting rolled out. It is kind of like, we need to get as many people to take it as possible which I think one's going to be a very big challenge because there's quite a lot of people that are just going to point blank refuse to take it and then we've got to hope that it fucking works
1: I mean the tests from a number of sources all seem pretty positive in terms Mm of like this RNA approach that they've used for it Um, but you know long term effects is probably the only current major concern for me is that there has been testing peer review and all the various other steps but There's been sort of no long term observation just because of the nature of how quickly it has to be rolled out. Um, It won't be what stops me because the people who are working on these things, as far as I'm concerned, know enough to know that they don't anticipate long term effects and whatever else. So I'm happy to trust it. Um, But there is a a worrying amount of folk who have, you know, disconnected and, you know, live in the wee fiction that we've discussed before in the past, you know, that disconnect between the fact and fiction of what's actually going on. I found it quite funny like in terms of the the Brexit angle for it, like, you know, the way that the Tories <laughs> were to- talking as if this was This was, it. This was a triumphal Brexit. This, this triumphalism that they were kind of hitting out with during the week about how the UK would be the first to administer it and it's because of Brexit and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, an actual fact like, I think I read it was as uh, another angry voice or something like that, the, the feed where um, they were talking about how the fact that the EU's vaccine regulator was actually in London, but as a result of like Brexit, it's now moved to Holland, and you're like, so Brexit actually stopped the vaccine from being discovered and made in the UK, and uh-huh. that in itself, I think, could have been something that they went, yes, we come up with this vaccine and it's now being rolled out, but in actual fact, you know, their political ideology meant that it was actually Dutch people that are largely responsible for the vaccine that will be taken, oh, yeah. um, so, so it was come- the exact opposite.
0: So, how come Britain was the first? I mean, as much as like I see the broad news, um, I don't get as I much think of they a just chance. It first. I
2: that's think that's they what
0: just it was. It be was because it. the EU. I so the reason that Britain, I, I did see that's the reason that Britain got it first was because I had to go through like what a seventy-two hour EU regulation thing, yeah. and that meant that we go to three or four days before. But like you're saying, it's it's almost been it's been championed as like a a triumph for Brexit.
1: Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's big, big talks happening today. Um, The UK, apparently, there's reports coming out of Brussels that the UK has stepped down on the internal market bill. The things that were, you know, the Northern Ireland backstop and, you know, various other, you know, acts that, parts of the act that looked like they were going to be illegal internationally have seemed to have been sort of given up. But then I don't know if they were maybe like a straw man in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. By, so they're in, in, in the midst of like what are supposed to be the final negotiations. We're supposed to leave on the 31st of December. So right. we've got one, rid of one nationwide catastrophe, you know, just in potentially time to kick off another. <laughs> just Aye. Right, right. Well, okay, your turn.
0: I wonder if any of the sort of uh, trade borders that could potentially come in will stop the vaccine for getting in as we're like, trying to get more and more of it in.
1: That's one of the concerns long-term. About you know sort of future right. batches and stuff like that is that increased red tape or increased tariffs might result in delays, um, border checks and so on and so forth. As you say, you've seen the massive truck car park that's getting built in whatever it is, you know the the area Kent. around Do- <laughs> I Kent. That's aye. There's basically like steamrolling the England's green and pleasant land and building a worry park. You know what I mean? So you know for what brilliant. for what reason? Because they expect lorries to park up there whilst they process them, there's going to be so many of them that they have to essentially concrete or, you know, one corner of the country to make space for them all.
0: For fuck's sake.
1: Aye, so, aye, this is the kind of disaster that they're talking about, you know, they're planning for, but the chat has been completely disconnected. And again, it's that thing where, mm-hmm. you know, this government has been guilty multiple times or encouraging that disconnection between fact and fiction, never mind, and their rhetoric versus their planning, whether it be, you know, taking credit for shit that went somewhere else directly as a result of their actions. You know, I mean it, it just you could be here all day stacking up. Ah like, yeah you know absolutely I mean? did you I see think the, the breakfast another one.
0: Uh-huh. I do not um, I mean the last I heard they had an oven ready deal.
1: <laughs> that was the last
0: sort of sound base that I heard. But yeah. clearly it's been fucking needed defrosted before they fucking stick it in the oven. But it's, I mean, it's a shambles. I mean, this
1: I think Johnson it, it, actually said the day that anybody who took his comments as um, an oven-ready deal as an, an oven-ready trade deal or willfully misrepresent them. So he's now trying to roll it back saying that when he talked about an oven-ready deal, it was he talking about a trade deal? No, but he's not said what he was actually talking about. Just that aye. he wasn't at that point talking about the trade deal that everybody was questioning him about. So aye. he's even trying to roll that back now. Very badly. Well,
0: Mental, absolutely mental. Did you see the um, Matt Hancock this morning on Good Morning Britain? Like trying to kid on
1: that he felt human emotion.
0: Uh huh. Oh my god. I mean, it was literally the most cringe-worthy TV that I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I I couldn't tell. I mean, see before they were saying like, "Is that upsetting?" I thought he was laughing.
1: This is the thing. I can always like. It was almost as if he tried to squeeze out a greet and then was laughing at how badly rang got it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I got a blooper reel, but live I, on fucking news. Uh, it's, it's a I broke there. Can we go again?
0: I mean, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure, see if he went into his phone, checked his Google history, his internet history, probably Googled how to show human emotion or, like some sort of like watched a YouTube video on how to try and make yourself cry, like pinch the inside of your leg or
1: something stupid <laughs> shit like that. Aye, leading up to that one.
0: But I mean, that's just pathetic. But when it comes to him in particular, I've just getting no any surprises left on me. He's an Aye. absolute fuck nugget.
1: Maybe, hang on, but maybe that is one of the very few times in his life where he actually felt something close to human emotion and, like, his body has just no known how to process it. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's something that, you know, he can't kind have of really experienced a lot in his life. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. maybe that's what Matt Hancock crying actually looks like. You know what I mean? Like, I'd
0: hate to see what his cry wants. It would like. be
1: brilliant if it was. You know what I mean? Like, every, every time he got emotional, he just looked that ridiculous.
0: I know, man. Know. Just, but it was literally like a pure watching a robot or something try to like try. It was pure. <laughs> yeah. I it was. It was horrible. Absolutely that horrible. not compute. Aye, definitely. Um, what? What about yourself? Would you want like to talk about?
1: Um, I don't know, man. Have you seen these monoliths?
0: No, what's that?
1: So, you ever have you ever seen two thousand and one Space Odyssey? Uh huh. Right. So, in that, there's these big monoliths, these black stone almost like Stonehenge type structures um, that appear and as they investigate them they open up kind of like a doorway to like another Uh galaxy or another level of consciousness or something like that Um, and there's all these really trippy Mm -hmm. scenes and it was quite cool at the time, you know what I mean? Well being a bit fucking
0: taking acid or something
1: Oh aye, big time, big time, aye, Stanley (laughs) Kubrick man Um, Now about three or four weeks ago one of the monolith basically appeared in the Utah desert, and like some like caught it on a helicopter flyover, um, and then people were looking for it, and it had people like taking pictures, selfies in front of this sort of Utah monolith, um, and then after a few days, disappeared, and just what? The desert. I just disappeared. Um, I think a week later or so. I'm googling this while you're talking. It then popped up in like California, somewhere in California, where a group of Christians essentially kicked it down, um, and you know removed it. Um, and obviously, there was people kind of like, "Oh, what is this?" I think there was then another one somewhere else in California, what um, like Southern California. But there's also been one popped up in Romania, and one popped up yesterday in the on the Isle of Wight. Um, and what the fuck is going on? Uh They're lasting there for a few days and then disappearing again. So at the time, I'd kind of passed a comment going, you know, it's basically like this. Clearly, it's some sort of viral marketing or whatever. Right. It is. Um And some oh. mad, some mad artist collective have sub, sub, subsequently came out and the no, unknown the unknown artist or something, and they're kind of like hoff admitting to the fact that it was them and essentially they were just trolling for money Essentially, Aww, they, they, they they sold a replica monolith <laughs> to somebody for $45,000 um, so they are you know, putting these monoliths up on their websites but there was like a week where you know there was a, a serious amount of people being like and myself included being like well I, I get that this is like 99% viral marketing but there's that 1% and that just like, you know ooh. imagery for 2001 where I was like Oh my God, this does make me slightly uncomfortable. But these are the guys that turned the Hollywood sign into Hollyweed and stuff like that. They're like shock stunt artists. Nah, I I get get it. I get it, It's basically all been a con job to sell sheets of metal for 45 grand. That's... That's
0: sickening. I was just pure <laughs> <laughs> booking my flight to California to walk through the monolith, <laughs> like pure, yes. I mean, but, oh, mate, I was getting excited I was pure, what the fuck's going on here? Because there's been the whole propulsion shit, have you seen, where they've released statements for naval officers that have seen this craft? So they've got the tic-tac. I'm sure we've spoke about, we've spoke about this oh, before. Like, so, like,
1: unacknowledged and stuff like that?
0: Uh-huh, so there's new sightings that's been... and they're get. Apparently, the uh, a naval officer took an iPhone image it while it was like sort of floating mm-hmm. above a naval vessel in America, and the government have confiscated his phone and they're not releasing the, the images. So it'll okay. be interesting to see if they come out um, because I, I want to fucking see this thing. I want to. I mean, mm-hmm. the videos here are like insane. They're fucking insane. The thing uh. pretty much moves at lightning speed without even like like expelling any energy or any heat off the fucking thing it just moves like it just moves so um i i really really want to see this but also i'm kind of like what why are they distracting us what's really going on here like (laughs) i i don't doubt that this fucking thing exists i don't doubt that they've got the fucking technology and they maybe go to nazi germany or go after russians or something like that i don't think it's alien craft i think that they've got some sort of advanced technology but they'll just sort of drip feeding it out to us, is, is like until Space Force Aye. properly launches, so this and is like
1: the you know presupposition of that unacknowledged sort of documentary where the the naval officers and you know previous guys feel at like the NSA and stuff have formed this committee. So for some reason, with the guy the one eighty two, which makes total sense to have like an entire you know room full of ex you know, intelligence services personnel and the dude for Blank 182. Aye, man. Uh, aye, he's, he owns so a company is, or
0: something, doesn't he? Like, aye, uh, Tom DeLonge once.
1: He's like a hobbyist that's, you know, went pro or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and, like, that was framed in the kind of, like, the the terms that you've just described, where they've said, well, we don't know what this shit is, but it's here, there's evidence of it, and it could potentially be a national security threat to every country that experiences it. And like, that is probably not an unreasonable thought process. Mm-hmm. There was one of the guys involved, he was quite a skinny guy with glasses, quite a sharp nose, kind of bald, and I can't remember his name. But I was gotten I was through Amazon the other week, and like, a documentary specific to this guy came on, and it was called like Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And it took uh-huh. this reasonable argument that, you know... We don't know oh, what it is. We're not going to speculate. We're not going to whatever. And he took it to the extent that we're already, like, actively communicating with alien species. And all that. So, like, the mm-hmm. veneer a like, credibility that unacknowledged has has kind of took so, a bit of a hit for me because aye. some of the people involved in it, other than the guy from Blank 182 are clearly fucking crackpots. You know what I
0: mean? Like, for sure, dude. Like, uh I think back when I acknowledged Kabut, I think we maybe spoke about it for like five minutes and I was like, you need to watch it. Uh, and yeah. then we were like, we'll dip maybe do a wee bit about it. And then when I looked into that guy, I was like, oh man, he's just a crackpot. <laughs> like he's, he's came mental. away with pure all sorts. So uh, his Netflix documentary seems very reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a lot of these dudes... Jordan Peterson uh, was like oh, Rogan, yeah,
1: when been look at, Joe Rogan or whatever, they look
0: pretty and all that they've held themselves together like, quite well there, you know what I mean? What? But I think the dude the real dude, like the real guy. Aye, um that the crackpot, isn't he that doctor, whatever, mm-hmm. Dave, David something, I think that that, that guy's name isn't unacknowledged. Right. Um, the other dude who's Bob Lazar, mm-hmm. I think his is more credible. Well, he's the dude that worked at Area No Area Fifty One. Is it Area Fifty Eight or something like that? Which is like the one in the mountain that yeah. is. I think out the CIA like just went, oh yeah, aye, that's real, and that just kind of like petered into ether where you're kind of <laughs> like, wait a minute. But these guys that have been kicking about like Yellowstone Park that have been basically being told that they're batshit crazy and you are like there's a there's a good proportion of this is real and i think like this is actually like feeding a lot of the sort of covid hysteria and anti-vax shit that we're seeing where if you go into the sort of conspiracy thing 80% of it's real
1: or at least i plausible, i
0: there's this 20% of like 80% of the sort of batshit crazy ideas historically have mm-hmm. been kind of commitment. went oh i that's kind of true there's this 20% caveat that's pure stupid extreme which is what people are sort of attaching themselves to, mm-hmm. like, um, including like the QAnon shit that we spoke about before, but the sort of level of anti-vax stuff that I've seen recently, and it might just be Twitter, it might not be real life, so no. we need to wait and see how what percentage of people actually take the vaccine has been fucking mental. But I, no. I'm like as a as I say, like the Bob Lazar stuff, um, his stuff's actually like crazy. He he's, he's the most people I've seen. He's been he he spoke about an element in the eighties that officially get put in the periodic scale in like nineteen ninety nine or two thousand and one. And when he was talking about this element, there was people going, "This is this is lunacy. This guy's mental. There's no record of him ever working for the government, whatever." Blah blah blah. And it's come out again in like subsequent years, like, "Oh, I he did work for the government. Oh, I did work in this place." They're like, "For fuck's sake!" So I've got no doubt that they've got this crazy fucking technology, man. Um, aye, there's definitely
1: some stuff that's that they're probably beyond our understanding at the minute. But aye. well will that proves aliens, no, I don't know. And it's certain, the monoliths certainly don't prove aliens because no. it was some fucking hipster for LA, you know what I mean? No? Aye, <laughs> um, that's,
0: that's so disappointing. Um, did you see the the tweet? Was it L night? But what, what fucking, um, oh man, I thought, oh yeah, they have an Arizona, the Arizona GOP. Mm-hmm. We're tweeting all night. They re- they subtweeted a guy and it said, I'm willing to give my life for this fight. And they were like, he is, are you, question mark. And then their second tweet came out where it was, um, this is what we de- do, who we are, live for nothing or die for something in an American flag. And it's basically like guys calling for like, revolution in America like Aye. official Twitter feeds though it's not like some sort of like mad guy that's like we should actually like turn to violence mm-hmm. here but official Twitter feeds of the fucking Republican Party in America are actually like we're going to fight this like physically
1: that's yeah, tip of the iceberg mate I mean the last week in American politics has been probably I mean I think it actually gets a wee bit scarier the closer we get to you know the deadline of Trump getting punted out on his ass. Um the Stuff that we were talking about, where there was pressure going to be put on legislatures to actually turn around their states' votes, is exactly where we now are. You know, I mean, this is something that we spoke about, whatever the week after the election is uh-huh. that they can't win in court because it's nonsense. So, the only thing they can do is put pressure on people at a local level to turn things around. The Trump has been phoning like the governors and the electoral, you know, organizers in like three or four different states personally. Like, he himself has been phoning them going. And need you to basically ignore know, the will of your people and like re-elect people who will, on the fourteenth of December, come and vote for Trump instead of what the sort of standard convention is. Uh-huh. And they're all saying we're now past the legal point where we can even like do that. But like, if we tried to do that, it would be overturned in court. And like all the tr- the the judges that Trumps are putting, I mean, a number of the I think he's went forty cases and one won one. And the one that he won was the one where it was just that they won the stone close enough to where they were told they could stone. Right. Um, and it's, his judges have actually been heavily involved in turning them down. So to think that they can, he can put this pressure on legislators to now take illegal steps and still get by the judges that have already knocked them back is it's crazy. But these people now find themselves up like, doxed. So you know, there's people outside their houses protesting. There's armed people. Like you know, there's threats of oh, sexual cream, violence, right. there's threats of physical violence. Like I mean They've, people no, like, people were pouring out of Trump rallies on Saturday and travelling to the house of local election officials in like crowds to protest outside their houses the and democracy's safe. fucked, mate. It's gone. It's I mean
0: The very little democracy that they had. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because we know it's all fucking rigged anyway, pretty much. Like it's finished. I think it, it I mean I don't I don't really see this kind of this type of shit's gonna change a lot. I think um I, I think you're right what you just said, there man. This is the tip of the iceberg and I'm worried about where this Giuliani, is going to
1: go. Did you see the witness that Giuliani presented to the the you know hearing midweek? So he took an a, you know, a supposed witness to election fraud into this official hearing where, you know, senators, congressmen, whatever it was put her in front of international TV and, like, this woman, like, nah, you? like she was the world's drunkest Karen. So she was hey. I like, you need to look this video up, like, Giuliani's drunk Karen will be, like, pure result number one. And she basically just slurs her way through 20 minutes of, like, Trump's accusations and, like, I felt bad for her to an extent because, you know, she's there talking at a congressional or a senatorial hearing. This is where we are, is that Think that these are the types of antics that are going to force people into changing elections, and it's still all based on bullshit. And that's before we even get to the fact that Giuliani, his main lawyer, is now rocked up in hospital with COVID. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: I I'd seen, I'd just seen now that he's actually in hospital. The last time I had seen it was, um uh, he had just got out, and he was saying he feels good. And you're mm-hmm. like, right, okay. It's seen the footage of him trying to encourage somebody at the hearing to take their mask off. Right. Um. You know, like maybe you should have kept yours on your zone, yeah, dick Um. I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking at this video, and it looks like a fucking. It looks like some kind of Saturday Night Live uh, It looks like sketch. a sketch.
1: Uh, it does. It looks like somebody's done a sketch yet. But it's that no, that's like legit. That is what he took. And you know that hearing was this woman who, just was so incoherent that is. I mean, she was like. I mean, how many of this and how many of that? And the guy who's asking the questions is just like, but that's not how it works. It's, the, this evidence is not there because you would never find it there or you would never see this here. And like, just it's such a twisted narrative that I'm like, I don't know how anybody could have met this woman in person and thought that it would be a good idea to put her in front of like, an investigative body like I, that, or I, it, towards think, the scrutiny of the entire media. You know what I mean? Aye.
0: Uh, how Giuliani's went for, like... Breaking up the mafia in the seventies, and he must have been an intelligent man. Do you know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. must have.
1: There's no way that I think he, could he was have... intelligent enough to take the credit for that when somebody else did the work. I'm pretty sure. Right. But right. Okay. But he, is, he is credited with.
0: All right. Okay. So he's just. He's, he's, <laughs> right. So he's just a
1: scumbag. Then it's no. I think he always has been. I.
0: Right. Because I was thinking, like, how could you go for like that level? to where he is right now. Like, Sidon, Aye. we are fucking... Unless Power's just corrupted and he's just got so such an inflated sense of Aye. himself during the sort of 9-11 stuff and like that. It was a extremely
1: shit. well thought yeah, across the world during all of that just because mm-hmm. he actually was able to, like, express a modicum of human dignity, you know what I mean? But Aye. I think the only other thing that kind of jumped to it at me in the last week or so was the, the SNP... NEC elections. Um, obviously we have previously had guests such as you know Mary Black and you know Out for Indy, um you know where colours to the mast on you know how we think people should be treated in that respect. But it seems as though there's a at least sizable proportion of the SNP in terms of the party membership that have at least let's say reservations about some of them. Um, I don't know what the election of the people to the National Executive Committee is going to mean for you know, the overall direction of the party. It seems as though there'll definitely be more of a focus of speeding up, you know, the process to try and trigger independence, referenda. Um, A lot of people have got concerns about, you know, where GRA and stuff like that stand now. Um, We'll have to wait and see. The thing that kind of, like, struck me was, like, how gaminy some of the responses were. So, like, it's probably one of the first times that I've looked at kind of, like, Indy or sort of SNP commentary whether it be online or elsewhere, and seeing folk that instantly made me think about the term tartan Tory. Um, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like we think about the SNP and the Yes movement as progressive, and there are elements that, that clearly want that to be the case, but mm-hmm. there is also what is now at least a sizable sort of noisy proportion of the SNP who have this like anti woke agenda, like, and it baffles me that one is like why somebody would. Feel uncomfortable by just acknowledging that other people have equal rights to the things that we have. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what's so scary about that, is that. But I some of the comments I was very like, "Jesus fuck, man!" There is like some serious gammon flowing the uh-huh. SMP at this point, that, which was the first time I've ever cocked it Really? I, I mean,
0: what? I mean, I don't get the motivation behind it. I'm, I don't know if it's like a political move or a, a personal move. If uh, the only thing that I could imagine it being, if it being a political move, is that they're trying to—I don't know—they're maybe trying to like take some of the right. I, d- I just don't get it, mate. Like o- other than it being just a personal agenda. Like, well, I mean, it's
1: aye, It's what's most readily up for debate by the things. As I say, I, I have a very broad strokes understanding for the, the the sort of tangents that we've touched on, but I mean, all I was really conscious of during this was that. There was a really vocal, like really, as you say, kind of like right-wing element that seemed to Mm -hmm. rear its head that I had never acknowledged myself. I mean, there has been right-wing or at least vaguely right-wing policy, um, but I've never really seen it in the SNP support and like this change in the NEC seems to have given voice to, and again, like you say, it might be like a Twitter versus real life thing where you know, their, their noise has been amplified to a magnitude that isn't maybe relevant in real life. And I think that's uh-huh. probably the case. But at the same time, it's the first time I've ever looked at the SNP as a non-party member and thought to myself, oof, man, you've got a real section of that party that's for the watching, man.
0: Uh-huh. Where does the First Minister sort of
1: sit? Where- I think she's just tried to stay out it. I think, I think the whole thing at the minute seems to be so toxic that, you know, she can't really say anything without being seen to be scared of Joanna Cherry. You know what I mean, it's clear with certain moves in terms of like where she wants to stone and, you know, her influence and, you know, these NEC changes and stuff like that, that she is angling to be, at some point in the future, you know, the SNP leader. And I don't think Nicola Sturgeon can really come out for or against either, you know, anything that she's actively involved in without being either seen to be trying to cut the knees from underneath or, or being terrified of So she's just leaving her alone by the looks of it.
0: Mm. So about a sort of self-preservation, I suppose.
1: Maybe, or right, just... Isn't I think great, because
0: how... I've always felt that the First Minister has not been that sort of right-wing or the more sort of centre-right of mm. the yeah. SNP that does exist. Um, because, like you're saying, we, we think it... We think When we think about the SNP, we think about the Yes movement. When I think about the Yes movement, exactly what you just said earlier, it's a very progressive movement. But I think, in its roots... Like you're saying, like the SNP were the Tartan Tories, they did have quite a right wing, and it's been moved further and further to the left. I think, is I don't know, Scotland has moved that mm-hmm. way, like, um, because I don't know if you could ever survive in this country being a right winger, mm-hmm. and you know what I, I mean. Think
1: the biggest um, irony is, is that a lot of the people who are mirroring these right wing attitudes to a policy are doing so at a time when the things that even like Cherry and that are talking about aren't they exactly right winging themselves? You know what I mean? Like it's it's quite an odd juxtaposition. It's, they've just went against wokeness rather than a particular element of the policy, and then, and that's something that worries me. Is that there's folk out there who think just chilling the fuck out and letting people be who they want to be is somehow something wrong with the world? You know what I mean? Like. It's, They've essentially, the they've cornerstone like at every religion uh, everywhere is like, just want to just chill the fuck out and stop being a dick. Let, let us all just go in with lives. You know what I mean? I mean like that's ultimately, what we're talking
0: about here. Uh-huh. Ultimately, like, progressive, that sort of woke, what's been tagged as woke, is like a sort of fear of the left. It, it really is. And I don't know where or why people sort yeah. of fear it so much i think that
1: fear of the left is something that is definitely prevalent i mean you look at guys like aoc bernie sanders jeremy corbyn being labeled as communists and sympathizers and blah, blah blah even to the extent this week we had fucking like do you see the shit at millwall like just taking a, like, oh, a f- background f- full circle sake, in football, where their fans wow put, people taking a knee and wow but some so- spokesmen but hang on some spokesmen feel like the millwall whatever supporters association came out and tried to claim it was about um, standing up against Marxism you know what I mean so you're well, like that's it, that's that's is that's exactly that fear of the left again where you're just like no what you're doing is you're, you're hiding behind other people's fear of the left to justify your racism you know what I mean like, that's not uh-huh. the same thing you know what I mean but uh-huh. it's, it's good cover for racists these days
0: aye I mean see that pish about like sort of BLM being a fucking Marxist I mean we've covered this we, we covered this aye. We uh, BLM <laughs> I, exactly but I mean is that ju- I, do you feel like that is just a sort of excuse to be racist it's Aye. people that,
2: that mm, it's, it's, it's no, that
1: kind of dog whistle effect you know what I mean where the people perpetrating these acts of racism these acts of homophobia these acts of whatever that are now you know under the category of anti-wokeness it's not about really that they're experiencing any of the fears that they're talking about. It's that they know other people experience these fears and they can use them to manipulate themselves into positions of authority, power and influence. You know what I mean? And that's,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's what we have seen. And you know, Johnson and Trump. And I don't know, maybe we're just seeing like a slightly refined version of it at a lower, you know, a more Scottish level with something. You know what I mean? Like, but, uh-huh. aye, anti-wokeness is one of the ones where I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, all these examples within them, you know, has that, like, anti-woke thing. And aye, I don't aye think absolutely. That it, is, it is a mask to cover the manipulation of people and their fears for gain.
0: But, I to be like, we are booing Marxism <laughs> at
2: Millwall. <laughs> like, that,
0: that, that level, try to claim that it's that level of political thinking en masse... Aye. amongst the Millwall fans is just absolute bullshit to me
1: aye no and, and it's the same you could probably apply the same you know all razor to every single one of the other examples that we've discussed I mean I'm reminded of the joke I seen the other day about the boy that was like my parents went out and bought an AR-15 because they were terrified the Antifa and, you know, obviously this left-wing fear of the left in America is focused very much on Antifa and BLM and these types of people. And, like, I, I, my parents went bought an ar 15 to protect themselves from Antifa, and what they don't realise is that Antifa's got his heat in their fridge right now, and there's you know, macaroni cheese or whatever. And, you know, like, uh-huh. their idea that Antifa is somebody that they need to protect their history when actually just being anti-fascist is you know, who their actual son is standing next to them in the next room, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. just, aye, it's divide and conquer again, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um,
0: <laughs> it feels like a generational clash, but the, the older ideas are managing to like, get its supporters and young people, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that that's mainly because it's unpopular. So you do get like an element of people that just want to sort of stand out and just want to be like, oh, look, I don't believe what, I, what the majority of people believes is try to be like, sort of controversial. Um, but uh, it does feel like a very sort of generational thing. And that's a hilarious sort of anecdote that somebody's bought a gun to protect himself for an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: well,
0: <laughs> I mean, exactly. The idea of being anti-fascist, do you know what I mean? But Antifa's funded like by George Soros and no, no, that's it's all... It's, it's Bill Gates. It just, do you know what's hilarious? It's the same people that talk that bullshit, that are the yeah. anti vaxxers that don't believe that coronavirus is a real thing. It's almost it, the confusion. It, um, it's like is a mental mixing, illness that feels like that a mental illness to me.
1: It's that mixing of feelings and facts that we spoke about, or we've spoke about like, at several points through the course of the day, is that every, you know, one of the topics we've went on the day has had an element where people are prioritising their own feelings over what's actually happening. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Trump supporters feel like an election was stole, but Brexit supporters feel like they were responsible for X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? Like aye. you know, people who are classed as homophobes and whatever else in you know, certain terms feel like they're getting hard done by because they, they feel like they should be allowed to hate people. Like it's it's aye, it's madness that it, probably we need to get a grip of, you know what I mean? Aye,
0: absolutely. Did you see um was it Brazil or planning attacks? Like anybody that in Brazil that's got any assets worth more, like personal cash assets worth more than five million US dollars, are gonna get a one percent crisis tax. Okay. Um to try and help with like COVID nineteen. I think there's probably a couple of like South American. Um I think there was twelve thousand people will be impacted. So we've got twelve thousand people in the country that'll get cash assets Mm -hmm. worth more than five million five million US. So mm-hmm. that's a lot, there's a lot in their country and yeah. um, they'll be getting a 1% crisis tax. And I'd seen a statistic that said that if the UK did it, they would raise 20 billion. Mm-hmm. And only if they did it on the top 1% earners. So it's and not say, even the same as like quantifying it by a number the way that Brazil has, because it would just be the top 1% earners if you put a 1% tax on them. The overall tax gains would be 20 billion pounds.
1: Which uh, seems a lot of money. I don't know that it is in governmental terms I mean it isn't, but it
0: just shows you like the amount of sort of the fight
1: for two months of furlough aye
0: exactly just to try I mean doesn't fix anything but it just shows you like what could be achieved if you fucking actually like did it right Mm -hmm. I mean along with like taxis like that if you did stuff like fucking scrap Trident stop fucking bombing the Middle East like we could definitely try and get some fucking Aye. Traction on the disaster that's going to come out the other side of this. I mean, I, I genuinely don't know what kind of like economic employment like what's going to happen after this. This has went on way longer than what any, either of the two of us were talking about back Definitely. when we were like, maybe we could see a positive thing coming out the other side, but it just looks kind of like aye, disaster a disaster awaits us.
1: It's going to be austerity 2.0. Um, you know, the notion that you're hearing a lot of arguments about. The, the house's credit card has run out and all the rest of it. And you're like, mo- most houses don't print their own money. Um, so obviously the analogies uh-huh. are pretty flawed, but they're, they're obviously they're way the language that people are going to relate to their everyday lives, even though the actual theory and the the reality behind it is just nonsensical. But uh-huh. aye, if, it, if it's this government, we're going to get hammered because that's what they do.
2: You know what I mean? aye,
1: absolutely. Doable. We were there for you when it counted. You know, no, it, it, it always counts. Like your government has to be there for you at all times, not just like you know, every couple of years when something kicks off. I um, when it again, impacts, think they disagree on that. Aye,
0: when it impacts them and their mates, the magic money tree is just there, we're in abundance. But when it's no impacting, and, and in fact, if the day austerity it means they'll make, they'll gain then aye. they're going to fucking hit you with They're going to fucking smack you with it. in the fucking chops, man. Definitely. Um, what how have you been...
1: What have you been passing...
0: Well, what I Have you was, been
1: passing we, time outside of... Hi,
0: what have you been watching? Um, I've actually, like, been playing Call of Duty Warzone. Oh, nice. Since the start of this tier four, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to pay whatever it is, eight quid, 7.99, and get the online uh, PlayStation aye. Network back up and running and uh, me and Darn have been just sitting playing Call of Duty so it's been pretty good I'm fucking shite at it but ultimately I'm shite at it. at it honking at
1: it honking at it ridiculous I mean, she'll, she'll ridiculous. give a shout um, I've actually played <laughs> half a game in a wee bit I'd, I'd kind of like been getting up days at a time you know, like Red Dead Redemption so I had to like stoke myself and break it up a wee bit um, I made the mistake of watching Tenet last night um, which was What's your move? it mark? was just Tenet so the new Christopher Nolan Movie, so right. it's like it's basically like an hour and a quarter movie that you have to watch twice. And essentially, one of the times that you are forced to watch it, it's all happening backwards, and it's all intermingled. It's like it's taking the Inception, you know, trippiness and try to push it to another level. And no. what it's, it's done is make a completely unwatchable movie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's horrendous. It's I mean, there's like three or four like exposition scenes during that it where it's so, and it's so comp and the only chance I had was that I'd actually been watching some like documentaries last week on of all things like quantum physics and like quantum entanglement and that went down a wee rabbit hole with that way or the BBC four stuff and like so there was like elements of nice. like inertia and stuff like that that I was like, oh shit. I learned about inertia last week, like cool. And then like after about 45 minutes where they've really you know teased out what's happening and finally get to telling you what's happening, you're like cool, there's an explanation scene there's an action scene, and then there's an explanation scene about what's changed since the last explanation scene, then there's, like, an action scene, and then, like, I'm, like, two hours in, and I'm, like, this is, like, the fourth time they've, like, tried to use the dialogue to explain to me what the fuck is happening here, and even have completely lost all thread about what's right. going on in this movie. So it's um, just
0: unwatchable?
1: I would say so, aye, I mean, there's a bit where they kind of, like, just one of the explanation scenes is, these, like, oh, um, you know, you're being targeted for the future. So it's like in a kind of future versus past thing. But everybody who comes back for the future experiences time backwards and vice versa. And like, so they're all, there's like war scenes where some people are fighting each other in forward motion. Some people are fighting each other in like reverse. And like, it's just, it's just a mess. So it's, like, it's just like completely impossible to follow it. And there's, Ten different versions. They're more experiencing in different parts of the movie timeline simultaneously, and just right. It just gives absolute batshit. I mean, I'd quite like, imagine just, that. Just make movies that you can watch once and get. Like, I people have been doing it since forever. Like, I don't want to sit and watch something that I need to go to the cinema four times to to actually be like, all oh, right, okay. You know, I mean, you've well, got
0: to imagine that as difficult a watch that that would be. It would probably be equally as difficult to make it. But then, like. You don't really, I think when it comes to things like movies, music, all that type of stuff, creativity, writing, Mm -hmm. painting, maybe no painting, but the less complex, usually the better the outcome at the other side. It sounds like he's just fucking, like, wanked at a fucking...
1: He's went he's went on to So I mean, he had, like, just stuck up he had, hey, like, oh, man. you know, the Interstellar thing where he's toyed with notions of like space and time and dimensions. That and was that.
0: almost unwatchable for me, but mm-hmm. it's like that type of thing where people say brilliance is just like see the difference between something that's brilliant and something that's absolutely rank rotten as like a ball hair Aye, and, and interstellar uh uh-huh. interstellar was just that ball hair touch a genius where I I was like I'm almost losing this and then I go that I was like, Oh my god, Aye. this is awesome. But then it sounds like this one just went pure a ball hair into fucking. Aye. Like, so I jive. thought
1: Interstellar was watchable with that nice kind of like but I mean I thought Inception was the one that just went right up to the line, but just uh-huh. stayed on the stayed on the right side of the line of being watchable. It just but this one just straight Christ no just completely disappeared up his ass Right. Uh, mm. it was horrendous. But I'm sure we'll maybe get tweets disagreeing, but don't waste your time. I don't read them.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll stay away for that, mate. I'll stay away for that. Hey, just um, wrap up,
1: man. Ah, man, that's good. It's been good to catch up. All right,
0: when's um, the next fucking dose of like self harm? When Celtics next game Sunday?
1: I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'm in for a dose of self harm. I might just read my personal Twitter feed from time to time. You know, what I mean, it's got the same oh, kind of mate. mental. Staying like, away for it. Gain myself a cat and nine tails, you know what I mean? Well, I think
0: um, that's why I got the <clears throat> PlayStation. out, by the way, was because I, I had, I was just being like, whew, I've, I'm staying away from my phone. I'll be honest, yes. like, try to stay away from my phone because, I Twitter's just an absolute fucking shit show. Got a lot of empathy for Rangers fans for the last <laughs> while. You've aye. had like Twitter supremacy. It doesn't feel good, um, but got to take it, you got to just aye, take it I'd, in the chin. But I'm just staying away. A- fi-
1: I was avoiding it with uh, Boardwalk Empire. I was I was enjoying that as a quite a long piece of something till like, get into. Um, but I've got to say, like the one thing put me off that was, like Steve Buscemi is a great actor, but like nobody needs Steve Buscemi sex scenes in their life. Like nobody anywhere is asking for Steve Buscemi sex scenes. And um, so that was the one thing <laughs> that, put, that was the one thing that kind of put me off that. <laughs> but mate, other than that, mate, like, it's been good.
0: See, you like fucking, um, what a sex scene, right? Mm. do you remember like when what, in a movie the sex scene would be like somebody goes up and like shuts a curtain and then Aye. it would be like the morning and that yep. was like you were kind of like right cool right. like they, they got it they had that right why does it need to be like you're saying like Steve Buscemi or just like why do we
1: need to see it like it's, it's just like pure <laughs> pornographic like there's one way like, like Michael it. Shannon as well and you're like again a great actor they need- but, like I don't need to hear Michael Shannon's boss slapping against somebody. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's no it's, uh, it's no need in my life. Like. Uh-huh. but other than that, other than that criticism of Boardwalk Empire, like I'm very much enjoying that one. It's kind Aye. of taking me through like my cowboy obsession new up into like, you know, gangsters you're, and, you you're know. moving through history. You're moving <laughs> through history. Basically, like America has always been dominated by robbing violent bastards. Like, that's the only conclusion we can come for these. Do you
0: know what you should watch next? See when you move into the sixties hippie stage, mm. you should watch Easy Rider. Okay. I don't
1: and think just, I've ever actually seen
0: that. Oh, have you no? Know, fucking amazing so. deliverance. Like you should go through aye. like proper, like like when movies were fucking great in that sort of like late sixties, early seventies, mm. before fucking Schwarzenegger came and mm-hmm. everything started to get like kind of ridiculous. Um I yeah. there was definitely like a sort of a second golden age of the like American cinema that happened and that sort of mm-hmm. Robert Redford um Definitely. Butch, Butch Casting the Sundance Kid You should
1: oh, maybe so my favourite movie of all time.
0: Mm-hmm. Move into something like that and just watch um, Enter the Dragon, like that type yeah. of fucking thing, man. I've just created a movie night like for myself, mate. I'm gonna go and watch fucking.
1: You no, know, sure. I was doing that like movies I always meant to watch last year, but I Easy Rider wasn't the one. And, but pretty much I've seen every other movie that you mentioned. Like Butch Cast is my like favourite movie of all time, but at the same time I kinda go back to cowboy stuff. I need to like I need to stop. Well, I was Aye, like, four episodes into Deadwood and I was like, this is becoming a bit of an obsession no matter, Like have you break. watched
0: um oh fuck. Shit. There's a movie. <laughs> it's oh, do you know what would be a fucking great genre of movies for you to go and watch, man? The, the driving movies, Smoking a Bandit, fucking mm. like that type of shit, man. Um there's one <laughs> um Horizon Point or something that's called
2: Vanishing
0: um, Point Vanishing Point oh my god aye. what a movie that is mate wow like yeah. that would be a great category of movie Easy Rider's one of them because they're on the bikes so it's a driving yeah, movie yeah. you could in fact mate I'm gonna I've just aye I'm gonna watch some aye. cool movies the next we will stay with for Twitter right I'm mate gonna I'm gonna move man
1: crush, hey. Cowboys to gangsters while you move into driving movies we'll, we'll, recon- we'll reconvene here in about 7 to 10 days alright <laughs> <laughs> cool right mate I'm gonna bounce No worries, mate. I'll catch you soon, all right? I'll catch you later, mate. Right, bye-bye.